Everyone, we continue our read-through of the New Testament. Today we come to the third and final epistle of John. A third John, in many ways, seems to supplement and build upon the statements of Christian hospitality that John wrote about in his second epistle. It applauds a Christian named Gaius for living out the teachings of the apostles uh, who had welcomed traveling Christian missionaries into his home while condemning a man named Diotrephes who is a selfish church leader who not only refused to help these itinerant godly teachers, but also had slandered and opposed those who disagreed with him. Uh, the book demonstrates that pride can divide Christians. They are not living by God's word. To avoid the dual dangers of false teaching and division within the church, believers should practice the dual virtues of love and discernment. Such a key two set of themes in the writings of John. Love and discernment. So with that introduction, let's read through the letter uh, just as a whole and then make some comments afterwards. The elder to the beloved Gaius, whom I love in truth, beloved, I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be in good health as it goes well with your soul. For I rejoice greatly when the brothers came and testified to your truth as indeed you are walking in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. Beloved, it is a faithful thing you do in all your efforts for these brothers, strangers as they are, who testified to your love before the church. You will do well to send them on their journey in a manner worthy of God, for they have gone out for the sake of the name, accepting nothing from the Gentiles. Therefore, we ought to support people like these, that we may be fellow workers for the truth. I have written something to the church, but Diotrephus, who liked to put himself first, does not acknowledge our authority. So if I come, I will bring up what he is doing, talking wicked nonsense against us. And not content with that, he refuses to welcome the brothers and also stops those who wants to put, wants, want to and puts them out of the church. Beloved, do not imitate evil, but imitate good. Whoever does good is from God, and whoever does evil has not seen God. Demetrius has received a good testimony from everyone and from the truth itself, and we also add our testimony, and you know that our testimony is true. I had much to write to you, but I would rather not write with pen and ink. I hope to see you soon, and we will talk face to face. Peace be to you. The friends greet you. Greet the friends each by name. All right, so as in Second John, the author identifies himself again as the elder. This time, however, the addressee is an individual, a certain Gaius, most likely a leader in a nearby church, and John affirms his love for Gaius and the truth. John then describes his joy at hearing from some believers, presumably traveling missionaries or delegates, that Gaius is faithful to the truth and continues to walk in it. As with 2 John 4, John is joyful to hear that my children are walking in the truth, his spiritual followers, that they are walking in the truth of Christ. Right? This means that they are behaving with an integrity that both reflects and embodies the truth of the Christian life. This involves not just correct doctrine and proper outward behavior, but love for God and love for one's fellow believers, something proven by Gaius' hospitality. John then had sent some family members, we were told, to Gaius, and he commends Gaius for his faithfulness in welcoming them. They were strangers to him, but, but he received them with enthusiasm and affection. And John requests that Gaius should now send these people on their way with honor befitting them which means providing them with both material and moral support needed to complete the rest of their journey. These people are, after all, sent out for the sake of the name, that is, the name of Jesus, right? They are traveling missionaries of the gospel. 
They receive no help from pagans, and so they need assistance and, and are worthy of it. Then the elder turns his attention to Diotrephus, who, unlike Gaius, refused to welcome the traveling missionary sent from the elder's church. And Gaius and Diotrephus are probably not members of the same church, but leaders of two churches not far from one another. John had written to Diotrephus, presumably asking him and his church to welcome the traveling missionaries, and yet Diotrephes had refused, and had even threatened to expel anyone in his church who did welcome them. We cannot tell whether Diotrephes' actions were linked with the uh, secessionists, those who John had wrote about in First and Second John. It's possible, but it seems unlikely, since the elder really in no ways um, attacks Diotrephes' theology or thinking, but rather in his reactions towards these missionaries. John infers that from this that Diotrephus' actions are driven by his love of being first. He complains that Diotrephus is spreading malicious nonsense about us, and this is likely to represent a clash of ecclesiastical authority rather than of theological dogma. The real offense of Diotrephus is not his snub to John, but its implications for the shared testimony and common mission of the churches. Authority lies not in individual status or calling, but in the shared giving and receiving of witness. And it is principally on this point that Diotrephes was in error. The elder follows this up with an ethical aphorism. Do not imitate what is evil, but what is good. Anyone who does what is good is from God, and anyone who does what is evil has not seen God. This is the basis of both his denunciation of Diotrephes and his commendation of Gaius. Diotrephes has chosen to do evil, and this proves his inability to see Jesus. While Gaius, if he continues to do good, will show that he is genuinely of God in every way. On the back of that, John then commends Demetrius, the letter carrier himself, as one who has a good reputation. If Gaius receives Demetrius, then he is also receiving John, who sent him. And the letter ends much like Second John, wishing to say no more, but wanting to say it in person, face to face. Not wanting to add more in writing, but rather to speak face to face in the fellowship of the saints and the gathering of believers. This is a powerful little letter that shows us the importance of caring for and providing for our brothers and sisters in the work of the ministry. Are we taking care of those who are of the house of the Lord? Are we bringing them in? Are we ensuring that they are, are properly taken care of when needed? Or is it all about us? The question that Third John really begs is what kingdom, or I should say, whose kingdom are we building? Are we like Gaius, who is faithfully seeking to advance the kingdom of the Lord and serving those who are, who are fellow workers in that kingdom? Or are we like Diotrephus, seeking to build a kingdom of self, focusing on self, and putting out anyone who might distract the tension away from us. Let us be like Gaius, faithfully serving and caring for others, advancing the kingdom of Christ and not our own. God bless.